You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 121 with Erin Phillips. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Aaron on the show today. We are actually going to make this interview a two-part interview because we had so much fun talking all about the places that Aaron has gone to. So this episode, we are going to focus in on Morocco and London. And the next episode, we are going to talk about Paris and Belgium. And so I really just hope that this episode inspires you to start thinking about where you want to go with traveling. And if this still feels daunting to you after listening to this, this is where you guys can reach out to me as a travel agent. Um, You can find me at mominspiredshow.com forward slash travel agent and set up a free consultation or message me on Instagram at Amber Sandberg or Facebook at Facebook Amber Sandberg. Um, and just let me know that you're thinking about travel and I can come alongside you and help you with these overseas trips and stuff that might seem a little bit out of your comfort zone. Um, but anyway, I hope that you guys feel really inspired and excited just listening to another mom's point of view about traveling internationally. Let's go to the show. Erin, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be chatting today. Yeah, I'm super excited. You know, you're across the pond and, you know, it's one of those fun things that you have to really kind of figure out the time change and all that stuff. So I definitely appreciate you carving out the time um, since it's not during the traditional working hours of a day. So I do appreciate that. (laughs) No worries at all. I'm so used to just navigating all the time changes from the U.S. to (laughs) London here. So no worries. Okay, awesome. So before we jump into everything, I do like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. Since I'm a travel agent, I it, I just can't resist asking the questions like where people <laughs> love going and what their f- favorite vacation is. And this can be with or without kids. Great. Okay. So we've done a lot of travel since we've been living abroad, but I have to say that our trip to Morocco was pretty spectacular. Um, My husband and I wanted to take a trip where, um, you know, we probably wouldn't do it from the U.S., like garner up the courage or get all the pieces together to do it. And so while we're here in London, um, the flights are so cheap and it's a really easy and fast flight to Morocco. So we had family here for weeks upon weeks and we took one of those (laughs) weeks and hopped over to Morocco, rode some camels, um, had lots of good food and met some really neat people. And, and we even saw the Sahara Desert, which was That's really cool. awesome. Yeah. So how long is the flight from London to there? It was a little over three hours, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. So that is a, a quick trip when you're there. So you might as well take advantage of it. Um, how did you narrow down on going to Morocco compared to somewhere else since you were in London? Yeah, that's a great question. That is the hardest part or one of the hardest parts I feel like is narrowing down travel. Yeah. Um, there's so many places that are just so accessible and I don't know why, maybe it was a post on Instagram mm. or something, but yeah. I just had Morocco on the brain <laughs> lately. So that was top of my list and I kind of conned my husband into it. I love it. Now, were it ever, was there ever a time that you were kind of concerned about safety or anything like that or um, maybe going into it, but then once you got there, you're, you were totally at ease? What, what was your thoughts around all that? Yeah, for sure. I was um, pretty freaked out about that right before we left. Actually, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I kind of was like, oh my gosh, should we even do this? Yeah. Um, I just read, you know, all these bad reports. Even my hairdresser here in London was like, <gasps> ooh, 
I had oh. a really bad experience in Morocco and I was like, oh, oh. great. <laughs> but we talked to our friend who actually, she and her husband went two weeks prior to when we went. So I called her. She was so gracious. We hopped on the phone for over an hour and she really reassured me about everything. Um, and we made sure to pretty much the whole time, except one or two days, we had a guide with us. So, so um, smart. we felt pretty safe from that perspective. Yes. And and you know what, too? And, and this is, and, and you were able to do this without, um, or did you use a travel agent? I don't know. Did you use a travel agent? We did, we did not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things that where travel agents come into play. And I don't, I don't think people realize that. So, cause I was orchestrating um, a Spain Lisbon trip and really kind of yeah. setting up private tours, especially because the, the clients, they're um, women. So they weren't going to have men. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to kind of think about private guides, private transfers, transportation, all that kind of stuff. So I think those things come into play. And also it gives you um, some ease to have someone local there, you know, yes. walking you around and, you know, showing you places. So do you feel like with Morocco though, that you definitely would suggest getting a guy don't go without one? A hundred percent. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Especially the more and more reports recently that are coming out of Morocco. Um, you know, it was great to have someone like you were saying that was just knowledgeable, mm-hmm. that was local, um, it was a huge difference between, you know, one day we went into the Sooks, all of those different winding shops where you oh, for yeah. sure will get lost. Yes. Um, we went by ourselves the first day and just kind of wandered around our Riyadh where we were staying. Um, and then we went again the second day with a guide and it was night and day. When you are with someone from Morocco, they oh, recognize yeah. the locals mm-hmm. recognize that you're with someone and they don't come up to you or approach you, um, you know, and it, it just feels a lot more safe and yeah. and you kind of know where you're going. <laughs> sure. Now, would you recommend the hotel that you stayed in? I would. Oh, we stayed in such a cool place. We actually stayed in two different hotels in Marrakesh. Um, and then in between, we took a nine hour road trip to the Sahara desert Whoa. to camp out in the desert. Um, so we stayed in three different places, a total of three different places. We stayed in um, Tarabel. It's a Riyadh in the middle of the Sooks, which was wonderful for just getting there and getting acquainted with Morocco and really getting the feel of everything. We didn't have to take Ubers or, you know, any of the bikes or anything like that. We were right in the middle of everything, which was great. Then we took our nine hour road trip. We did that start to finish with a company called Desert Luxury Camp. Mm. They were phenomenal. I still actually talked to our guide who, you know, we spent all this time with in the car. He drove us from Marrakesh to the desert and he was wonderful. We talk all the time on Instagram, That's still, awesome. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we camped out. We, we spent a night in a hotel um, because we kind of stopped halfway through and then continued the rest of the way one night in the desert, which was more than enough. That was one of the craziest <laughs> experiences of my life. Um, well, so yeah, so what was so back. crazy about it? Like, what did you feel when you, when you say that? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is going to sound silly and it sounds very common sense, but the desert is desolate and dry and barren. And it is true, uh, like wilderness. I mean, I just, I don't know how else to explain it. And of course that's what you would think when you think of it, but it's just to a degree I've never experienced kind of, um, isolation and all of that, like I did in the desert. And, you know, we were even staying in one of those like fancy, pretty tents that had oh, a right. king size bed and a like toilet. glamping. So I mean, yeah, you're glamping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it was just, gosh, the winds and the um, just the heat, but also the coolness, and it, it was bizarre. It was really, 
really different. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, it sounds, oh my gosh, oh, the, the spiders. spiders. <laughs> I wouldn't really think about spiders in the desert. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. That is interesting. And that you had a king size bed and a toilet. Right. I mean, that's right. really mind boggling. <laughs> It was, it was crazy, but you know, I'd do it all over again. It was such a cool experience. That's awesome. Now, where did you, what were the um, places that, or what was the hotel or what camping, what, what would you say, Mm -hmm. what was the name of that place? Yeah. So it's all through desert luxury camp. Um, So they, yeah, they pick you up, they drive you there on the drive. It's not like you're sitting in the car for nine hours straight on the drive there. Um, you're stopping and we stopped at like a rose factory where they press rose petals and make rose oil. We met the women who do that. We met the women who make argan oil, you know, the Moroccan argan oil and the blue bottle. Um, they do that. We saw them grinding the argan. Um, you know, they were pouring it and mixing it. Um, and we talked to those women. We even, our favorite part was we stopped and took a hike through the woods and yeah. we had a guide for that as well. And, um, he spoke excellent English. And I mean, we would just walk through all these fields and we ate figs off the tree. He oh, cracked almonds so cool. right there on the stones. We met the children in the villages. We saw a really, um, kind of desolate village where the buildings are literally made out of mud and straw. Um, we spoke to women in that village who are making the beautiful Moroccan rugs that you see everywhere. Um, a lot of them are divorcees, which is kind of taboo in oh, their culture. Yeah. Right. Um, so they all live together and kind of make these rugs and sell them to make a living um, because they're kind of shunned a little bit by their culture. So wow. that was a really, really neat experience. Um, so you're kind of stopping along the way. You finally get to a bigger, you know, quote unquote city um, and you stay the night in a hotel there and then you wake up and make the rest of the way to the desert. Um, and then you're really only at the desert camp for about, I would say 10 hours, maybe, um, in between, like you get two meals, like dinner and breakfast. And, you know, there's a show at night where, um, you know, a few of the, the guys at the camp are playing the drums and singing the music and it's a bonfire. You wake up at like 5am to go, um, ride a camel and watch the sunset over the desert. It was, it was, I mean, the trip of a lifetime. It was really, really cool. That is really cool. I mean, it just, it sounds so out of this world, you know? And so I think that's really cool, you know? And especially if somebody wants to do something completely different. Um, What hotel did you stay at when you were more in the city? Yeah. So when we were in Marrakesh, we stayed at um, Tarabel. It's T-A-R-A-B-E-L. And it's a Riyadh, um, which, you know, a Riyadh is their, their traditional style kind of home over there. So it's a square that's open in the middle and in the middle is a garden. So, um, since this one was more of a hotel setup, there were kind of two of those squares. One had a pool. The Mm -hmm. other one had an orange grove. Um, their oranges there are, oh gosh, they're so good. And they hand squeeze all the orange juice for you. I mean, we lived like Kings and Queens and I think we paid like, I want to say 120 a night. And it was like a five-star resort. I That's mean, amazing. it was phenomenal. Um, we did stay in Selman, S-E-L-M-A-N, um, on our very last, last night in Marrakesh. It's by the airport and we had just come back from the desert and, um, Oprah had just stayed there like the Ooh. week before. Oh, wow. Um, 
and Elton John had just performed like the month before at this resort. Yeah. So um, that one was really cool. You know, we got great rates because we went and in, in, in the off season, which we went in July. Okay. Um, it's when it's the absolute hottest it ever is. And people think you're crazy for going yeah. to the desert in July. And was and it really, really were. hot? And was it, <laughs> it really? It was very hot. Okay. Did, were you very, even able to hot. sleep um, in the desert? Like, nope. Was that really hard? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We tried. We actually, they set a bed up for us outside um, oh, and inside the, wind the tent. A little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the sand was blowing too much. So uh, we went inside yes, and it was yes. so hot inside. Oh so my goodness. Yeah. Not a lot of good sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when would, when would you say to go is, is the most ideal, even though it, it might be the most expensive? Yeah. So it, you know, kind of their peak time is September. So we kind of asked that question. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we took a nine hour road trip, but they're actually opening up an airport closer to um, the desert where we went. Um, So, you know, I was like, oh, well, it would be so cool to come back and see you guys again. And we just fell in love with all the people that we um, met through the desert luxury camp. It's all um, family owned. So it's like a wife and her husband and her brother was the one who drove us everywhere and was our like main guy. Um, You know, her kid was there at the camp. The cook is like her best friend. I mean, it was just really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, So I asked, I said, when should we come back and see you? And they said, oh, wait for the airport to be finished um, being built. So you don't have to make the nine hour road trip. Yes. And uh, come in September. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know that. And that's a good. um, You'll have to send that information to me so I can keep that um, on hand because I would love to support that family business and stuff like that with um, the travel agency and stuff like that. Cause it's always great to hear when people take care of you and especially mm-hmm. family owned and stuff like that. Um, Cause it yes. makes such a big difference, the customer service um, when you go on a vacation or not. And so, um, you know, that can make or break things, you know, if, if you have a good trip or have a bad trip. So um, that's Absolutely. always awesome to hear great companies. Um, okay. Well, I was going to ask you too, as we move on though, how was it to ride a camel? You know, I had a blast and uh, my husband might kill me for saying this. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but he was terrified. Well, so they're, they're tall. They're really big. They're really tall. <laughs> and, and when they stand up, they stand up either, um, they usually stand up by their back legs first. Yeah. So, so you're dipping I mean, down. Like you're, you probably yeah. feel like you're going to be thrown forward, right? Yeah. You're staring straight into the sand. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty that scary. Is scary. I mean, I don't think anything <laughs> less of your husband, even though I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I grew up riding horses. So oh, I was so you're like, more comfortable. Oh, oh yeah, I got this, but it was still, still pretty scary. intimidating oh at first. Gosh. But yeah, overall, it's great. They're they're such sweet and slow and gentle creatures. So it was really neat. You know how like some people will say like if you go to India, don't ride the elephants because it's mm-hmm. kind of not um, it's cruel. Now, yes. is the camels a more similar situation as horses? You know, where you ride so, horses? Like, how do, you, how do you feel about that yeah. once you were there and stuff like that? I was really concerned with that um, because I've heard that too. I mean, I've had a lot of friends who've gone to Thailand and talked about the um, elephants there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we um, talked to Desert Luxury Camp about that. And of course, you know, we knew to a degree that they're going to say whatever, you know, they're going to say to make you feel better. But um, we actually, on the way in, because he knew this was a concern, we stopped by where um, the man lives who raises these camels. Mm. And I'm not 
kidding when I say it's literally. He lived in a a tent that was made out of cloth and beams, um, and it was barely big enough for him to lay down. And then right outside was like um, a little makeshift kind of barn, and the oh. and the camels were there. They weren't tied up. They weren't tethered to anything. They had oh, a big water trough. Yeah. They just walked around and mm-hmm. of course didn't want to leave because it's just desert surrounding you everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he was even, it was funny. Our guide even was like, I get camel milk from this guy. Oh. So we're going to pick some up on the way out. <laughs> I was oh, like, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we felt really good about it. Yes. You know, the friend that I had, um, that I talked to who went two weeks prior to us, they did not take this tour out to the Sahara desert. They just sure. went like 45 minutes outside of Marrakesh and did like a, like a hop on a camel ride around, take a picture, hop off. And oh. she did say she didn't feel great about that. Oh. It was organized by their hotel and, um, it just didn't, it didn't feel great. Yes. Um, so that is so, important to like know that. And again, that's yes. where I do think it helps to have, um, people guiding you to like kind of what you experienced to, um, they know the people and stuff like that. Cause mm-hmm. It, it does, it, it does stand out to me that like, oh, do these camels get treated not that well? Um, yep. so, so I'm glad that you said that, that you had a good experience and that maybe she didn't feel so good about it. So it's not all the same. So, right. yeah, I think that's, that's good to know. And that's good for me to know too, for, um, if I ever book somebody going mm-hmm. to somewhere that does camels to kind of get into it a little bit more to, to yeah. get a better feel for it. So I like and that. I will say this overall, um, you know, I was like, oh, what is the camel's name? And the guy looked at me like I was crazy. Like oh, over yeah. there, they don't think of animals like they oh, don't name them. Oh, they don't. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They're yeah. there to they help just people camels. get across the desert. <laughs> right. They're just camels. So um, it's not kind of a personal experience. They think of them a little bit different. Um, and a lot of times they will like there may be like a tether um, that that's on the camel's nose or something like that. But, um, we talked to them more about that and I felt a little bit better (laughs) after seeing that. Um, and also about Morocco, the goats up in the trees are a really popular thing. Like you'll find that all over. Yes. So there's (laughs) these goat trees, like there are even calendars made and you'll find like when you look at, um, Morocco on Instagram or Pinterest and you're, you're trying to figure out what to do, um, these goat trees are like, oh, let's go to a goat tree. We were talking to our guide and he was like, those are fake. He was like, it's don't ever go see one. They aren't treated well. They're up in there. You know, they're lured up there. They're sometimes tethered to the tree oh. by their hooks that you can't see. They're <gasps> left for days. He oh was like, that's fake. He was like, don't go see it. It's a tourist trap. So <gasps> while we're on that wow. subject. Wow. Yeah, just, no. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So it's called, so they're called goat trees, like, and the goats yeah. are in the trees, but they're being lured or tied up in there is what you're saying. Yeah. They don't wow. just naturally they go up like, in, in there. The, yeah. In the wild, they may like hop up on a branch or something, sure. but you'll see these pictures of tree, like they're pretty low to the ground and wide trees covered in goats. Oh. Um, that's not normal apparently. Wow. So. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. we covered that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cause you know, you don't really, it's like, if you know about it, you don't want to be supporting things that are not being kind to the animals mm-hmm. and stuff like that and really be pushing that. And so, um, I think too, that's the thing. And we're not going to go into this, but like when traveling, especially internationally, how do you travel responsible? Like that's becoming right. more aware to me. Um, 
that Mm -hmm. these are those kind of things that people are talking about too. You know, it's not just the animals, but I'm just saying in general that Mm -hmm. it is good. And that is probably things that you have learned. And we'll jump into this more too, but you know, with the benefits of traveling with your children and, and they seeing that too. So um, yeah, this is exciting. I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to have to split this episode because now I'm thinking, okay, it might be instead (laughs) of just London, it might be Morocco, London, and then your side trip. So, (laughs) but this is, it's been know, so great forever. Yeah, no, and I love it. And, and you know, it's a it's a glimpse for people to kind of hear somebody do it and and um, their experience and stuff like that. And that's the main thing because I really do want to encourage um, moms, especially moms. Now I know you didn't take your um, your child mm-hmm. on this trip, yep. but but still, I, I really encourage um, spouses to take trips together. I still feel like that's really important to have that time together. Yeah. And so, um, oh gosh, yes, yeah. So it's always great to hear other moms talking about trips, especially international trips, things that seem a little bit scary or mm-hmm. outside the norm and um, to help, you know, make it seem like, oh, wow, okay, maybe this is actually doable because, you know, this girl here, yeah. she's from the States, um, but is going to Morocco. So, okay. Yes. So, And I'll say too, yeah, I have two ahead. blog posts coming out on Morocco. So oh, perfect. that'll be information that'll just be yes. permanently living out there on the internet. So I'll that make sure great. to send you those two posts yeah, um, with that's all the great. details. Yes. Yeah. So I realize um, that we haven't introduced you yet because we talked so much about Morocco, uh, <laughs> which has been fine. So how about uh, how about you share with us your first and last name, um, where you're from, and but where are you living now, and how many kids you have, and then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today with um, living where you are. Sure. So I'm Erin Phillips. Um, I am the author behind Attention to Darling blog. I live in London currently. Um, We're here for a year with our family, which is me and my husband and our three-year-old daughter, Sullivan. And um, I'm originally from South Carolina. Our home is in Charleston. So that's me. Yeah, I love it. Um, So do you guys know how long you're going to actually be in London? Is it a certain time or do you just not know? So we're here till June. June 1st, actually. (laughs) Wow. So I'm curious, are you a little sad to go back or are you really excited to go back? Oh, it's such a mix of feelings. So we've been here about 10 months at this point. Um, We kept our house in Charleston Mm. and we kept our two dogs there. So we have two golden retrievers. One Mm -hmm. is eight and one is 10. So they're older, larger dogs. Um, You know, when we first um, said yes to moving here, a hundred percent, we were bringing our dogs. And then my amazing mother-in-law said, you know, I've been thinking about moving to Charleston and this would (gasps) be a wonderful opportunity to test out if I want to live there. So she actually is renting our house from us, paying us rent. And she also is keeping our dogs. That is so Um, great. (laughs) Yeah. And that was just another sign, you know, that this is something we were meant to do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I thought it would be fun to have you on the show because not only are you a traveling mom, but I'm currently living in London. But um, funny enough, when I was two to four, I lived in England with my parents for my dad's oh, did job. You? Okay. Yeah, and um, and so it's just it's kind of a a fun thing to think about, and it's it's interesting. So my parents, we also lived in Australia when I was um, oh man, how old was I? Um, when I was 10, if that's okay. correct. And so I get the grades mess up because what happens, they're the opposite season. Oh, it's different. Yeah. So yeah. I had to go into fourth grade another 
a half a year of fourth grade again, and then oh, a half okay. a year of fifth, come back, jump into six. I mean, that's really crazy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That is crazy. Yes, that is. And so, um, but I think my grandma always said to me when I was young, and she's like, you know, not everyone is an international traveler at the age of two. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny because my girls, um, believe it or not, we haven't even gone in an airplane and they're four and seven. We just drive everywhere a lot yep. of times it could due to cost and stuff like that. So it's funny. Absolutely. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't like given them the experience that I have. But at the same time, my parents owes for their job. So, you know, that, yes. that feels a lot different than just, you know, being able to travel the world on your own with your your Absolutely. money and stuff like that. We all know that travel gets expensive. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that that really put um, the travel bug into me probably because I was such a young age. I mean, even if you're under... 10. I mean, it's still young to start traveling. So I definitely, I have my girls' passports and I'm like, we need to use these before they expire, you know, because they (laughs) expire in five years when they're kids. And so, um, I'm like, they need to use these. And so anyways, um, I love that you're over there with your daughter. And so I can kind Mm -hmm. of relate to your daughter, um, as a grown up. And I, and I think that kind of like sparked and my parents did things too. Like we went to, um, so my dad's Indonesian and we went to okay. Bali and um, when I was oh, young, of, cool. cor- of course, I don't remember it. But so I've been to a lot of places. I've been to Switzerland because we, they were in England and um, mm-hmm. and there was like this crazy snowstorm happening. And my mom was like, it was so scary to be driving and all these fun stories that um, I get to hear. And I hope to go back as an adult. Um, but I just think that's a fun thing when it's kind of interwoven into your life, especially as a young child. And so mm-hmm. that's why I thought this would be fun to just talk to you. Obviously, not everybody's going to be able to just go move somewhere. So, you know, even if we're just traveling, um, I think it would be, you know, just great to hear your experience and what your thoughts have been. Um, I'm sure they're different than what they were before you left. And Mm -hmm. um, so let's just jump into London. So what would you say? um, Well, where exactly in London do you live? Let's let's start with that. Okay. Sure. We're in Kensington. um, So um, we're specifically in West Kensington. Um, so we're not, we're technically in London city proper. Um, but we are in the borough of Kensington and Chelsea. (laughs) Okay, cool. That's how it's said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what would you say has been the greatest thing about living in London and what has been the hardest part besides, Mm -hmm. you know, missing your family and friends? Yeah, absolutely. So the best part, of course, is, you know, we're here in an international hub where mm-hmm. it's really easy to hop on a plane and um, travel. So that's that's a clear ringer for the best part. Um, London specifically, though, um, you know, kind of back to what you were saying about traveling with young children and growing mm-hmm. up somewhere different. I think just the experience overall of getting out of our bubble, you know, as of January, 2018, we had no idea we were even going to embark on this journey just a few months later. So this was kind of something we were thrown into, um, and just kind of said yes and and did it. (laughs) Um, and so it's been really cool to come over in London and see the culture. I mean, I, I go to my daughter's school and sitting at her table, there is no child that looks like the other. 
Um, they're all very different, all different skin tones, all different backgrounds, all different religions, all different accents, all different celebrations that, um, you know, like my husband and I went and talked about Thanksgiving for the kids. Oh, so they would know what that yeah. is. And they do that with different cultures. And that's just so neat for me, um, to have my daughter kind of understand the diversity that's in the world and just how much bigger it is than the little bubble that you might be in in, yes. in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, what would you say has been the hardest? Yeah. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The friends and family part, of course, being far (laughs) away from them and not having our dogs has been really, really, really hard. Um, But navigating kind of that time difference, we're five hours ahead of East Coast time. Um, So, you know, when it's it's noon there, it's five o'clock here and and so on and so forth. So um, it's just that part is really hard, just that distance. Um, And, you know, social media makes it really fun to kind of post and stay in touch. But at the same time, a lot of your friends and family can think that they're staying involved in your life just by watching Instagram stories or or reading a blog or something. um, And you just really miss that personal connection. Um, So that for sure has, I know that I went with the answer you told me to say besides that. (laughs) (laughs) But I figured that is probably the biggest. It's such a big one that I just have to say that one. (laughs) Have you, is there anything that you miss though there um, that you don't have that you're you're used to getting um, in the States that you're kind of like, oh, man or oh, like, gosh. yeah. What, what are some yes. things? Yeah. <laughs> um, I miss the convenience of the U S so, you know, you, you want to go somewhere, you just step out your door, you hop in the car and you can be at target, which literally has everything you need. So yes. the convenience is so nice. You know, here we don't have a car, um, which is another reason why we chose to live kind of deeper Closer. into London than moving yeah. farther out. Right. Um, so, you know, we take a bus or the tube or, um, you know, the overground, there's a million different ways to get around in sure. London. And so, um, you know, we really have to do that to get our groceries. We have to haul a little, um, trolley as they call it mm-hmm. and up to the grocery store, load it up and then be able to carry it up our six flights of stairs. So oh my there's just, you know, things like that, that, um, we miss about the U S and there's also little things like peanut butter. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> they do they not don't sell, do, they don't sell peanut butter there? They sell something called peanut butter here, but you know, it's, it's just not really not peanut butter. A jar skippy. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh so there's gosh. little things like yeah, that. Yeah, little things. You know, what's funny is when my mom and I were little too, so I was the same age as your daughter, you know, and mm-hmm. she, she didn't have a car, but I think my dad might have had a car. And, um, and so we had to walk and pull the, little trolley and stuff like that. So I totally know what you mean by that. It sure gives a different perspective and it rains a lot. So, I mean, you're, you're pulling this thing (laughs) in the rain with maybe a toddler, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, cause it's easy to romanticize places like when you're living, but also you miss things that you may not even realize is an American thing and how great that is. So that's why I I, I thought it would be fun for you to share that too, because it's easy. Are you able to watch, um, TV, like American TV at all or Netflix? Can you do any of that? No. (laughs) We have Netflix. Okay. We do have Netflix. It's different though. I mean, we don't get everything you guys get and you guys don't get everything we get. We do have a lot of cool like BBC shows on our Netflix over here, Yeah, um, which is cool. But no, we don't get American TV, which the big, I thought I was going to really miss my Bravo. Yes. (laughs) And there are, there are ways. There's like an app if you have an Amazon Fire Stick where you can... Oh, and mm-hmm. get Bravo shows. You can't watch it real time. 
Um, but you can kind of get the replays of shows and things like that. And we have found like ways to VPN and get football games and oh, that gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are workarounds. Um, but you know, it, it, it's so true. I mean, washers and dryers, we don't really have those here. I mean, if you live in a home home yeah, sure. or you live outside of London, you have a separate washer and dryer. But here in the city, um, I mean, even in really nice places, you know, your washer and dryer is this teeny tiny combined unit. And the dry cycle just means that it spins really fast to get the excess water out. And oh, so, so it doesn't know, really it takes, dry? No, so you have to I mean, during the summer, it? it's okay <laughs> because it's warm. But yeah. it takes me two days to do <gasps> just a teeny little wow. load of laundry. So wow. you have to actually do laundry every single day. They also don't really have air conditioning here or air con as they say. Oh, um, oh, interesting. So yes. That's a big thing. I, we had friends that came over mm-hmm. in, in the summer, June, yeah, June or July. And, um, they had an eight month old and oh. the hotel yeah. they got had no air con. Um, wow. The Airbnb that they looked at <sighs> trying to move to had no air con. Oh. And they finally found one hotel that, um, that had it. I think they had to sleep in like twin beds or give something oh up, goodness. but they finally found somewhere with air conditioning. So the baby could sleep through the night. Oh my so goodness. That's you know, definitely something to think about. <laughs> that is something, especially if you're used to that. I'm pretty sure, um, I sent a client to the Rosewood. And so that is a little bit higher end. However, uh-huh. it's not that much different than the Marriott, believe it or not. The Marriott was actually pricing higher than a Rosewood and I'm pretty sure there was air conditioned. So that is a yep. good point to, to know that, that, that doesn't mm-hmm. come in every hotel. Um, yeah. And right? definitely Airbnb. So like, if that's a big deal to you, then you probably mm-hmm. need to steer away from that. Um, so with families thinking about London, what would you say are some of your top picks that if they come in, what do they need to hit up that you would say you cannot miss this? This is so fun to do with kids. Right. So there's of course the big sites. Um, you can go see, you know, Big Ben's under construction until I think it's 2020 um, oh. or no, 2021, maybe. Wow. Um, there's another two or three years, I want to say, that Big Ben is going to be under construction. And by under construction, I mean complete scaffolding. You can, you can oh, you kind can't of see, see it. Oh, they're just you, fixing it? Yeah. So they're doing a, like a billion dollar restoration <gasps> of it. Wow. Um, it was actually detaching from Houses of Parliament and kind of leaning, I think. Oh, that's um, scary. <laughs> So they're, yeah, they're completely redoing it. Um, but I will say we, so we had 14 weeks straight of people visiting us and wow. most of them staying in our flat with us. Wow. Um, so That's the thing we when you like, go somewhere cool, you know, people are going to be trailing right behind you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we were laughing because we're like, we have seen more of our family and yes. friends within these 14 weeks that yep. we usually see in five years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. it's just kind of funny. Um, so we really developed um, a, a walking route that, you know, if it's the weather is nice, works well for kids because you can stop at parks and be outside. Um, and it also, you know, you can bring a little pram or, you know, stroller yeah. as we mm-hmm. say in the U S. Yeah. Um, but you go from the Westminster stop, you come out there from the tube and you're automatically at houses of parliament. You're at big Ben and across the water, you have the London eye. And you definitely want to book the London Eye in advance. Mm. And if you can, you want to do the fast pass ticket so you're not standing out there all day. It's not a crazy amount of extra money. Um, so we always recommend that. And then 
you know, once you walk over the bridge to the London Eye, you can come back over the bridge the other way and get the full view of Houses of Parliament. And then from there, you can continue to Westminster Abbey, which is actually a really cool tour, not for kids, but yeah. um, I've taken my daughter a couple of times and we may do, but you know, there's sure. a lot of really cool people buried there. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place to go and see. Um, and then from Westminster Abbey, you can make your way um, to Trafalgar Square, which has big fountains, lots of pubs and places to eat. And then you can walk down the Mall. It's spelled Mall, M-A-L-L, but it's the Mall. It's that long road where you see the Queen and everyone kind of going down to head to Buckingham Palace. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what yeah. Is, so it's how do you pronounce it again? The Mal and the it's mal. spelled Mall. Oh, but Mal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you, it totally made me think of Disney World when you were talking about Fast Pass because, you know, I, yeah. I booked Disney. So it's trying to do everybody's Fast Passes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. that's really funny that this is a, there's a Fast Pass to mm-hmm. the London Eye. So where do people even go to book this Fast Pass or book, um, you know, yeah. and I, you wouldn't say appointment, we've, but you're booking a reservation, I guess. Yes. Right. Yeah. We've only ever booked online. There is a, um, just a building that it looks very regal, but it actually houses like a Shrek experience, an aquarium, um, and, oh, a dungeon kind of thing. Oh. So we've done, we've done the Shrek experience and we've done the aquarium. They're both right there at the London eye. So I'm glad you said that because those are both two really good things to do with kids, especially if it's raining. Oh, um, cool. it's mm-hmm. not London specifically, you know? Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but when you're doing, when you cool have kids, you have to kind of, you know, yes. add in other things to keep them entertained. <laughs> For sure. And so right beside there, there's also just like a London eye section of the building where I'm sure you can buy the tickets. And okay. So that's where, there. so yeah, but we've booked them online. You have booked it online. And what, do you yes. know what it's called when you are looking that up that online? I Is it the London you know, eye? Yep. And it's, it's the Coca-Cola London eye. It's like sponsored by Coca-Cola. Oh, so, okay. So if you type it in and um, stuff like that and just try yes. to look for fast passes. Okay. That's a good, yeah, uh, and they oh, do. I think they also own the aquarium and the Strex adventure mm. and a few other things. So you okay. can buy, like discounted tickets if you book sure. like three different things. Yes. Um, we have not done those group passes, but they do exist if you think that that's something that you want to do. So if people, I'm not familiar with all the trains and transportation there. Yeah. So um, is there a train that you can take um, or at the subway mm-hmm. to get to that location? And if so, what stop or area is that that you would get out at? Yeah. So you can for sure take the tube, um, which is our subway or yeah. underground or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, it's confusing. I'm not going to lie. Like it's <laughs> not, you know, you yeah. go to Germany or anywhere else and it, it's so like a grid or straight lines. It makes sense. Um, it's kind of squiggly and all over the place. And the tube is named all these fancy names. You know, there's the oh. Victoria line, there's the, you know, all these different stops and names for everything. It's not just like blue, red, number one, number two, and so on and so forth. That said, there is this amazing app that I literally could not live without. And I don't know how I would have survived London without it. It's called City Mapper. It's all one word, C-I-T-Y-M-A-P-P-E-R, City Mapper. And you plug in the location you would like to go to. And it, of course, like has your current location. 
and it pops up a screen and it says, okay, this is how all the routes you could possibly take. So it gives you Uber, it gives you taxi, it gives you all the different tube lines, it gives you the bus lines, it gives you everything that you could possibly take. Um, and you can pick based on timing and you can pick based on cost, which one you want to take. You click it and it literally gives you step-by-step directions on how to get places. You can even download an offline version. If someone comes to the UK and doesn't want to have their data turned on, you can yeah. have an offline version okay. um, that still works. So it's you have to pay for that version, but I think it's 100% worth it. Um, and it even tracks like, while you're underground, it, tra- awesome. it tracks the stops you're going on. So it is phenomenal and it makes getting everywhere a no brainer. It makes it so easy. Um, and people are so nice around here. If you bring a stroller and have kids and you're walking up and down stairs, I have never once been going upstairs holding a stroller and had someone not stop and say, can wow. I help you with that? Or that is let so me help nice. you carry that up. Yeah. So everyone's very accommodating and, you know, there's tons of kids on the tube. So everyone's yeah. used to kids being on there and yeah. people hopping on and off and, and all that good stuff. Um, wow. my, my preferred route to take is the bus. We travel by double decker bus a lot oh, around wow, that's here. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's just like the tube. You just kind of buy a pass or, um, we always recommend that people use Apple Pay on their phone if they have oh, an iPhone. Okay. Put your international credit card in there and you just scan your Apple Pay to get on the bus and on the tube. Okay. Speaking and it's of so easy. international <laughs> uh, credit cards. So do you what what brand of credit card do you have for your international? Can you get that through any brand or do is it specific brands that mm-hmm. you can have international credit cards? Um, so we love our Capital One Venture card. Okay. Um, so that is just an awesome card um, in general that we've love, love, love to have over here. Um, but even local banks, some of them may charge no international fees, even on your debit card or, or whatever. So before you leave, I would just call your bank or your credit card company or look online and just see if they charge international fees. Okay. Um, so the reason why we love venture is there's absolutely no international fees, no matter where you go. Nice. Um, Cause some places are like just the EU or just, you know, in certain places. So there's right. absolutely no international fees and you gain like double points or whatever it is on travel related things. Oh, um, that's cool. So it's a really cool card to have for yeah. traveling. Yeah. That's good to know. And so, um, even if you're just traveling for vacation, not to live there, mm-hmm. this is, you would highly recommend getting this. Yeah. yeah. It didn't even dawn on me that you can't, you probably would be getting hit up with fees, um, using mm-hmm. a regular credit card. It didn't even dawn on Absolutely. me. About that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. So when, um, so before we move on to the next thing with mm-hmm. the eye and the Shrek and all that, what yes. area is that? So go to the Westminster stop on the tube. Oh, um, there's okay. a few different lines. I think it's district circle Piccadilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go to, um, the Westminster stop. Okay. So Normally, wherever you are in town, you can usually get to one of those lines to get to the Westminster stop. So I'm curious, why do you like the bus versus the tube? So I love the bus because, you know, I have a three-year-old. And so going to the top is really cool for her because <laughs> she gets to look out over yeah, everyone on that, that second sense. floor. It's yeah. a fun experience. And it's almost a little like sightseeing tour 
without yeah, paying right. for it. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're paying to no, kind right, of, you're right. paying the dollar fifty or whatever it is to get from A to B, um, or pound fifty, I should say. And then you kind of get to see everything. You know, with the tube, you're underground, but it's not always possible to take the bus everywhere because traffic is horrendous in London. Oh, um, interesting. You actually get, if you drive in London, you have to pay a 10 pound a day tax just oh to goodness. drive your car in London. Wow. <laughs> um, they're That's trying crazy. to cut down on, on all the cars. So, so yeah, it's not possible to always take the bus. Um, the tube is just so quick and convenient. So we, we take the tube more, but when I can taking the bus is my preferred route. So if you were getting, um, out of the airport, would you most likely be taking a tube to a hotel versus a bus? Mm -hmm. So the tube is so easy from the airport. Oh, gotcha. You literally within the airport, you walk down a ramp. Oh. And you're on the tube. Okay, it's good to so know. It's so easy. That's There's awesome. also an express train um, oh. from the tube that I think goes to Paddington Station. I've honestly never taken it, but there okay. is an express um, to our area of town. It usually takes about 45 minutes from the airport, from Heathrow, um, to get into town. And we stay on the one line the whole time. So it's not like I we see. have to change with luggage and all that. Yeah. We moved over here with eight bags. We took an, we took a taxi, <laughs> but oh, right. yes. for the most part, you know, you can easily hop on the tube yeah. within the airport. Yeah. That's what my client did. She took the tube to the Rosewood. Um, yep. So let's move into food. What are some of the top places that you, I know that you told me about sketch and by the way, mm-hmm. my client loved it. She oh, said, good. you need to go hungry though, because you get yes. all this food. So, um, if that's still one of your top picks, I'll have you explain mm-hmm. that experience. Um, but what are <laughs> what are some other options that you're just like you have to go to and why you love it? And I'm also looking for mm-hmm. like maybe cool coffee shops that um, people would just tr- truly enjoy going to. Yeah. So um, fun fact, the number one dish sold in London and the UK actually in general is um, chicken tikka masala, not fish and chips like you maybe would think. Interesting. So, yep. Indian food is really, really big in London. Um, and if I'm being honest, I was like, Ooh, I don't like Indian food. Not for me. No, thanks. uh Um, I went to a restaurant though, that completely changed my mind on Indian food. It's called Dishoom. So D I S H O O M Dishoom. Mm. There's multiple locations all over London. Um, we have one here in Kensington. There's also one in Covent Garden. Um, and I think there may be three other locations outside of that too. Um, it is phenomenal. Um, if someone comes to London and does not go to Dishoom, I'm thoroughly disappointed in them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. Um, and What's your favorite dish our... there? What's your favorite dish? Okay, where do I even start? So the ruby chicken is so good. Mm. And um, they have these okra fries that oh, are delicious. Interesting. Um, they're naan. They have a garlic naan. They have yeah. a cheese naan. It's all made to order. So it's not like you get your food all at once. It just comes out as it's prepared. So oh, it's piping gotcha. hot. Yeah. Um, you can order just a few things and split it. You can order full meals. Um, I also loved their breakfast. They have this bacon and egg naan that is just to die for. Oh, that sounds really um, good. <laughs> they're very kid-friendly. They actually give kids Etch-a-Sketches when they come in. Um, they have little special drinks for kids. That's so they, cool. Um, they kind of tone down, you know, the spice and flavor yes. on their meals. They give little like popcorn type things as appetizers to kids that are all different colors. They're very kid-friendly, very delicious. Um, we've taken every single person who's come to visit us to Dishoom and never once have we had someone not like it. That's so, awesome. I mean, it's, it's great. So highly recommend Dishoom. Um, 
And yes, sketch is very cool for afternoon tea. (laughs) So yeah, explain that to people and how it works. Sure. So afternoon tea, um, at least for me, is another must when you come to London. You can have afternoon tea anywhere. You can have it at the Ritz. You can have it, you know, at all hotels have afternoon tea. Um, Unfortunately, the Orangery, which is part of Kensington Palace, is under renovation, but um, they have like a makeshift tea right now. That's big on my list for when we come back and it's it's done being under construction. Um, But there's also places like Sketch, which we've talked about which have specific tea parlor rooms. Um, and you, you know, traditional tea is usually served around one to 3 PM. Mm. Um, they have it all afternoon, of course, but, um, sketch the room where you have tea is all pink. And before that sounds like nauseating to some people or turn off. It's a very muted pink, the walls, the, the chairs, all of that. The experience is very, very neat. So you usually interact with anywhere from three to seven different people during your time dining. They're all wearing different outfits. There's live music. Um, the afternoon tea is a, is kind of elevated, meaning it's not just your regular scones and finger sandwiches. It's scones, but you know, served with a really cool clotted cream, which by the way, clotted cream sounds disgusting, but it's like a frosting and it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying clotted cream? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that does sound gross. It is not a pretty name, but it's like a, but, it's, but it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. It's like a cross between cream cheese. It's like a cream cheese icing. Oh, almost. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll look like butter, but try it. It's very good. Um, and they serve you a few courses of afternoon tea thing. So it's like you get an egg appetizer and then you get your kind of three tiered shelf of food delivered. That's, you know, a mix of finger sandwiches and pastries. And then you end with scones and you have, you know, you can pick your tea um, and you should have everyone at the table get a different tea because they just keep refilling the tea and that way you all can try different teas. That's a good tip. Um, You can also add champagne if you want champagne. Um, But it's a really cool experience, but the bathrooms are actually the coolest part. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Why are they so cool? They are pods. So you walk into the bathroom and you walk up the pink lit stairs, not the blue ones. And they are these, they look like eggs. They're like these little bathroom pods. Wow. And, um, there's like rainforest music playing inside. There's like a stained glass ceiling. It's a really, it sounds very weird and it is weird, but it's cool. It's, it's an experience like none other. And one that you can only really get in big cities like London and New York and that kind of thing. So I highly recommend sketch. You for sure have to book in advance you might even have to get on a wait list to go. Um, but it's a really cool afternoon tea experience. Definitely not a traditional one, um, but a very cool one. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so I think I decided this. So what we're going to do is, because I do want to <laughs> talk to you about side trips, I'm going to break this into two interviews so that because what happens is people are like, oh, I want to kind of keep this to 30, 40 minutes. So sure. um, we're going to finish up on London and then... When we do your side trips, I'm going to make that part two. So um, just so you know, and so that everybody else knows, um, that way that everybody can kind of get them more in bite-sized pieces. So as we finish up with London, um, what is one more place that you're kind of like, you got to go to? So do people not drink a ton of coffee there? Is it more tea or are there great coffee shops that you would highly recommend? 
Yeah. You know, I hate, but I, I hate this, but I'm not the person to answer that. Cause I'm actually not a coffee drinker. I'm, uh. I'm an OG tea drinker. I know. I know. Um, but <laughs> so London is a perfect place for you. <laughs> it is. It is funny enough. The Brits really do drink tea though. I mean, to a fault, we've even, um, gone with some of our British friends out to, you know, their country home and it's all tea. It's all so, tea. I mean, they, so they, they are really kind of away from the coffee. Tea. Gotcha. Okay. You know, there's tons of coffee shops if that's okay. your thing though. Yeah. I just probably You're just not the person. Totally the fine. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, well, how about one more place that you would say that you need to go to to eat that you're just like, this is delicious and is probably great for kids. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that. So Borough Market. It's, um, it's a surprise for most people that visit us, you know, to say, hey, let's go to a food market that's underneath some train tracks in the city. Um, they're yeah. like, Oh, but I want to see like, you know, these regal Royal sites. And we're like, no, 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 trust us. Yeah. And we yeah. usually leave and everyone is like, that was one of the coolest experiences. Um, it's humongous. There's like two big sections of vendors set up just selling tons of food. The best fish and chips in London are actually served at Borough market. You know, they've won tons of awards. Um, I think it's just called like fish house. You'll see it. You can't miss it. It's in between the two sections. Um, we love, there is a stall that serves paella. That's very good. They also have a yellow curry chicken. That's delicious. Mm. And then you can just walk through and, and sample things. And there's some yummy beef fat fries. If you like that, you can beef pick fat up fries. I don't even yeah. know what that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's Ethiopian food. That's delicious. I mean, it's just there's anything so you could ever want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where is that location that people would, would they take the tube to get there or, um, yeah, how do you, how you, do you can, get there? You can for sure take the tube there. You can really take the tube I mean, anywhere within London, of course, but then also you can take the tube even farther out. Um, there's a really cool neighborhood called Richmond um, that's like a 45-minute train ride out, and there's a place called Petersham Nurseries um, that's a really cool place to visit. Um, if you want to get more of like a, a local, slower pace, going to Richmond and going to Petersham Nurseries mm. is really, really cool. Um, highly recommend that as well. Okay. That's cool. Um, that sounds really fun. And, um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think those things, especially with kids too, cause it sounds more obviously informal mm-hmm. and you know, there's just so many different foods that you, you can grab for everybody. Um, Absolutely. that just sounds fun. So my last question with London, and then we will jump into your side trips, which will be part two. So when would you say is the best time to come to London, especially, you know, like you're saying, if, if there's not mm-hmm. a lot of air conditioning, um, air condition, you know, places. <laughs> and then yep. also how long would you say that you would recommend to be in London, um, that mm-hmm. you don't feel super rushed? Sure. So, um, as far as time of year, the spring is absolutely phenomenal in London. So it's hit or miss on the weather in the spring. I'll, I'll definitely say that. I mean, you could get like a cold day or you could get a steaming hot day. Um, but the cool thing about the spring, like the April, May, time frame is that everything is in bloom. So the gardens in London are probably one of my other favorite things about London. Um, so you've got Holland park, which has amazing gardens and a really fun playground for kids. Um, you've got Kensington palace gardens, which they have a sunken garden. It's like deep into the ground. It's right outside the palace. And actually the Princess Diana Memorial Park is at Kensington Palace. It is Peter Pan themed. So there is a wrecked full-size pirate ship 
There are teepees. There's little a music area. There's like three different sandboxes. Um, it's it's very very neat. Um, you've got the Chelsea Physic Garden, which you do have to pay to get into, but it's really really cool. Um, so coming in the spring is is so fun. Going through Notting Hill, the Portobello Road Market at Notting Hill, um, the facades of the buildings, like the colorful doors and the wisteria going up mm. along the outside of the building. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Um, so I highly recommend the spring as a good temperate time to kind of, you know, feel out the weather, but also just London is so pretty in the spring. So when you say spring, do you mean March? Do you mean April? What what general yeah. time frame are you really like honing in on? I would say April and May. Okay. April Those and two May. months. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It sounds amazing. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I, I mean, I just picturing all the parks and stuff like that, especially with it being colder here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. sounds lovely. <laughs> um, so how long would you say that you would want to come in, especially with kids? So you're transitioning with the time change and the jet lag and stuff like that. Uh, what would you say you probably need to be there? How many days, you know, without feeling rushed? Yeah, that's such a hard question. Um, so I always tell people that London is a city made beautiful by its subtleties. So mm. of course you can come and hit all the big spots. You know, we mentioned a lot of those earlier, you know, Big Ben, Westminster Abbey, also the Parliament London Eye, so on and so forth. But really the beauty of London, I think, is in the neighborhoods and wandering around and just noticing some of the smaller things popping in some of the smaller places that's when you really fall in love with London. Um, otherwise, it, it seems like a hectic big city. It really does. Um, so I would say minimum five days, which um, a lot of people don't like because if they're coming to London, they're usually going somewhere else. Mm. Um, they want to make the most of their Europe trip. But if you asked me, I would say five days because you're really going to take your whole first day just to catch up, like you mentioned, yeah. with jet lag and the time difference. Um, most flights to the UK from the US are um, red-eye flights. So you usually land, you know, around 7 a.m. And um, we push all of our guests to try and stay up until 8 p.m. if they can. You know, of course, kids may be six, but we say unless they normally nap at home, if you have, you know, kids that are right. older and, and don't nap, we say try and push it and get out and go sightseeing that first day. Go hit all those big places, go walk, go see things, um, because otherwise you're just never going to catch up and get on the time. Yeah. And then, you know, really that last day is just travel, getting everything together. So that gives you three solid days in London, which yeah. um, I, I don't think is enough. But right. I but you're saying that's the minimum, sure. <laughs> right? Like that you would recommend. Yeah. yeah. No, I love yes, that. Definitely. Yeah. And I love that you're saying like, try to make it till eight and six the mm-hmm. earliest. <laughs> I yep. think that's a good goal for people like, okay, we just need to do this. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard, but that's where just don't sit down. Don't yeah, go to don't, a cozy pub. Don't close <laughs> <sit> your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yes. Keep don't walking. Get comfortable. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed part one of this interview. Don't forget to tune in next week as we talk about Paris and Belgium. See you next week. 